Hello. There you are. Thank you for being so patient. I appreciate it. 30 minutes, 15 minute drive, and it took me 30 minutes. I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry. You should have just said no. What no, it wasn't your fault. No, it wasn't your fault. My meeting ran longer, but I was just like, okay, I've got 30 minutes to get home. We're good to go. And then construction. I give up. It's Colorado. Anytime the sun's out, it's construction day. So, and I should have, like, I don't know, not gone. I don't, this is just one of those. So thank you for your patience. So, and thank you for wanting to do this. So let me give a quick background to it. And if you want, we can actually record it today. If you want more time to think about it, that's fine too. So you i am I awesome mean, i haven't i don't really have anything prepared but I that's okay i would be a whole lot more prepared next week <laughs> no that's okay that's no that's perfectly okay and this isn't very that's it's not formal and my hair is doing its weird thing today again um it's Beautiful. not very formal it. thanks um it's not very formal so let me give you the background and kind of where i'm at with this and coming so i work with a company called five rings financial and they started a program 15 years ago called Wine, Women, and Wealth because they read an amazing book by Marty Barletta that said in the year 2020, 2021, um, the greatest shift of wealth was going to happen and the majority of money and assets were going to be moved into women's hands. But, and it was going to come one of three ways. It was going to come from their parents through inheritance, their spouse through inheritance, or my favorite, she had earned it herself. So... I wanted, and so being a part of that company, well, we also do a little, another kind of offshoot from that called Coffee's Chicks and Cash, which is, it's a community of women that come together um, to build each other up, learn about finances, learn about just empowerment and encouragement, because sometimes women have a tendency to pull each other down and hand peck and what have you. So we tried not to do that. So the last couple of months, a good friend of mine started a podcast and he was just like, Hey, by the way, you need to do this. And I was just like, you're insane. And then he's like, Hey, you need to do this. And I said, no, you're insane. And then he's like, Hey, you need to do this. And I was like, Hey, what do you think of coffee's chicks and cash the podcast as a name? And he's like, I like it. Do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of how we have arrived here. And to give you a little bit more, um, the podcast description is it's created for women who desire to take control of their financial future, expand their financial knowledge base, become confident and feel competent regarding money and all things financial. Additionally, it is designed to educate women about their relationship with money in a relaxed environment, build a community of women who sort of sort, uh, support each other as they strive for financial success. And you're probably going, well, what in the world am I doing on here? Your presentation at 1 million cups was amazing. I'm, obviously it's awe-inspiring, right? Having had an intimate death like you did, and I've experienced the same thing with a spouse. Um, that was powerful for me. And you were one of the first names when I started putting this together um, that popped up in my dump list, right? Um, and you know, just where you're kind of just brain dumping everything into a journal. And so what it is, is I won, 
I want to showcase women doing something they love. That's the biggest piece of this. The financial piece, if you have something financial to talk about, great. If not, then I have a little, but I, um, then that's no big deal. We can make that we, that's a workaround. Cause I have some people that are like, I know nothing about finances. I don't want to do anything. And I'm like, don't worry about that. That's not the point. Um, so I want women who are doing amazing things, whether it's in their job as a business, as a hobby, as, um, whatever, as a way to, that are impacting the world. Cause I think what you're doing with your business is sorely needed. Um, and having that death positive conversation. So I have women of all ages and stages coming on. And so what's going to happen is as soon as I have 15 in the can and I'm about a half of the way there, um, I'm going to launch this. Yeah. I've been on this since the beginning, the middle of August. And I'm just like, this is where we're going. Um, anyway, um, once I have 15 in the can, I'm going to launch it completely and say, and it's raw, it's authentic. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to be kind of laid back, chill, two chicks having a conversation about whatever comes up. We will kind of do a quick outline, but it is such bare bones so that I know, um, kind of where to allow you just to tell your story, why you do what you do. If you want to talk about your business, great. If you want to talk about something else, that's great too. Um, but I wanted to showcase what you're doing specifically why you came to mind was because the impression you left me with after 1 million cups, that was huge. And I was like, that just was like, that needed to be heard. That needed to be talked about. Right. And so I was just like, she would be perfect. And here's another opportunity to do this. It helps me do this. Um, which is what I love. Um, but mainly it's, I want to leave an impact for other people. So as I'm helping other people, it helps me. Right. So it's a 30 to 45 minute podcast. I introduce myself, give the description I just read to you, intro you, your business or whatever you want to talk about. And then you get up to 35 minutes to talk about anything and everything that you want to talk about. Um, so if you want to highlight your book and your business and that great, um, what it took to kind of overcome that, if you can weave some of, um, you know, financial piece into it. And I'm not talking like, oh, we had lots of money. I don't care what it is. We'll play that out. Um, and then I do a quick, and once I, we talk this through, I will figure out what kind of financial minute or money minute I want to talk about. And sometimes it's like, here's a specific product that's in the market to go look at. Um, sometimes it's more of here's how to heal your money stories. Here's some information to go look for. Here's questions to go ask a financial person or your banker or your real estate or your mortgage person. I mean, covering a wide array of stuff. Then I throw it back to you and say, what would you like to leave the guests with? And then, you know, usually it's kind of just a reiteration top three topics or whatever. Say thank yous and gratitude. Your contact information goes into the video description for the, so what, where this will go is we'll do it via Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I use Zoom to record it. And then the audio piece goes up to Anchor Platform, which is a podcast platform I'm using. So your contact information and reach out will be in that information there. 
it'll go up to the YouTube channel that should start this, that I'm going to put together this weekend, I think is where it's on my schedule or it's the next mm -hmm. weekend. It's somewhere on a Sunday. I give up at this point. If it, yeah, I just know where I'm going today. Um, and even yeah, then, I'm not like, quite. If it's not today, it'll, I'll figure it out later. Yeah, it's in the calendar. I'll figure it out the night before or that morning of. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, it goes up into that information because I'm going to take the raw video of the Zoom and throw it into YouTube. I'm not editing it. I'm not doing anything. It's just literally raw, authentic, whatever. This is so not professional. But yet at the same time, I kind of want that. I want this to be very authentic so it feels authentic and it is authentic. And then it'll go on the Facebook page, which is Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the Facebook page. And then there's Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the YouTube channel. So all of your information goes into those three areas. And then I kind of just say it's brought to you by the McCarthy Agency as part of the Five Rings Financial Family. So what do you think? I think that sounds awesome. Yay! So I guess my question becomes, first of all, now that I've vomited all that, how are you? <laughs> Let's like, I'm good. I'm running like crazy, but I'm good. Right. Okay, good. So then I'm running as crazy too. So now you totally understand there's no judgment. No, I totally love that. So um, what do you think? Anything off the top of your head that you want to talk about? Jump in? Who knows? Um, well, first of all, so my, the appointment that I had scheduled after this, I haven't uh -huh. heard back. So okay. we got time if you okay. have time. Um, yeah, no, I'm good until, let me double check my calendar because yeah, I looked at it earlier and I was just like, oh yeah, everything's working well. And then traffic hit. And then I was just like, that is so not cool. I am good until 3 p.m. my time. So we have plenty of time. Plenty of time, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying we need to use all that time. I just right. didn't want you to feel rushed. Yeah, no. Um, even though I was like, hey, can we make all these changes? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. No, that works out perfectly. I, I Trust me, being running two businesses, I totally understand where things shift. What I don't like is like 9.45, 10 o'clock last night, I get a Facebook messenger from somebody I'm supposed to have a meeting with at 8 a.m., what? And says, can we reschedule? I was, and he's like, cause I have a client and I'm like, I guarantee you knew you had a client before now. Right. And I'm kind of like, okay, like I get it as a life coach. Cause that's one of my businesses. I get it. But at the same time, like we've scheduled, we've had this scheduled for a week and a half now. Like you, yeah. Do you know, thank you for the eye roll. Like that just said it right there. Like you're like, no, 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 no. So you just look at your client and go, you'll survive another two, another day. You'll be fine. Or let's get on the phone. But anyway, that's, I digress. Yep. And I'm, I'm nervous and excited all at the same, same time for this. So this is why this is just like massive word vomit. So. <laughs> I totally get that. I, absolutely. But, yeah. But I would love to promote you, your book. Um, the reason why you do what you do. Um, because women need to hear this. Other mamas need to hear this. Other women need to see that even if they're struggling through something very challenging, regardless of what it is, um, we can do hard things. To steal, a, to steal a line from Glennon Melton Doyle's Untamed. Oh, that's the other thing is I try and highlight a book written by women 
for women about empowerment. And so again, that lends right to what you do because you have this amazing book and I've perused it. I have not sadly had a chance to read it. <laughs> um, but if you saw my reading list, you would just go, okay, she's insane. Um, the same way. I'm like, oh, I, right. I just buy, I've decided buying books and reading books are two different hobbies. This is true. This is where I Audible. Buy a book and it sits in a stack until I get around to reading it. Okay, this is literally sitting on my desk right now. <laughs> and that's just one side. Then we have, this is a partial stack that sits in the other corner. And then, and this, th this is my other, and then this is my journal that I'm like, and we're going to write in it, um, right. which I do write in it. It's just not as much, but the top two books have to go back to friends. Cause I did read those. I don't know where I found time, but it apparently was when I was sleeping. So that's where we're at. I'm going to sit back. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so just FYI, I went to college to be a tax accountant. No, oh my God. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Hello, you may not be on my desk right now, little one. Go lay down. Pardon me, I have a dog who cannot find his, her manners. Excuse me, ma'am, ma'am, excuse me. Thank you, go lay down. Okay, then squish between me and the desk. You're, you're fine, okay. Really? That's fascinating. Okay, so. I actually worked at KPMG for about four years. Nice. Yeah. So, nice. I mean, I like numbers. I kind of know how to add and subtract numbers, but that's about it. <laughs> that's amazing. I love you. You're like, I can add numbers. That's about it. Yeah. That's all I need to know. Just need but to I have to have my 10 key to be able to add those numbers. <laughs> I love you so much, Crystal. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, so I mean, if you wanted to talk on some topic about that as well, that's up to you. Like you truly have this entire thing. It'll take me like five, two to five minutes for the intro, two to five minutes for that roundup at the back. And then we kind of just put together some little outline and call it and then jump in or we can do it now and just have a conversation that's where it's at. I want this to be very loose, very two chicks, just literally having a conversation about whatever. Yeah. So. I, mean, I love it. I love the concept. I love the idea. Yay. Um, the thing that kind of came to my mind at first was kind of marrying that idea of passion and finances <gasps> into one thing. I'm right. I'm taking notes, marrying passion and finance okay keep going just because i mean like especially with sharing solace mm. again talking from my perspective is right yes sharing solace is a business and it needs to be self-sustaining right in order for me to continue to do this day after day mm -hmm. and also i love i love doing this as weird and masochistic as that sounds Mm -mm. Nope, trust um, me, it doesn't. And I want to do it, whether there's finances behind it or not. Right. It has to be self-sustaining. And also having that conversation with um, 
you know, a lot of people think sharing solace is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And, but people don't always understand that nonprofits still have to make a profit to be, I mean, they have to be self-sustaining too. Right. Right. Um, having started my own nonprofit, people are like, well, you know, you get everything for free and having worked with some, a couple of nonprofits with people who didn't quite understand. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nonprofit is still a business. It still runs exactly the same as a business. The catch is instead of you pocketing the money as the business owner, you take the profits and you put them back into direct services. That mm -hmm. has to happen. Um, so yeah, no, I totally understand that. Keep going. I mean, and so that's kind of where I see that dichotomy of I'm doing a nonprofit for profit, but not because it's really for profit. It's more, you know, it's, it's like a B Corp or a social corp, but I'm not, I don't have that status. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to explain to people that, no, I'm not doing this because I want to make a million dollars. I'm doing this because I need to. And I, I, I There's feel a it needs to be out in the world. And also if I can put food on my table and keep the roof over my head, mm -hmm. that's a positive. Yep. So and, it's almost. And, and the internal struggle that I have with that. Mm, I love this, Crystal. This is powerful. We are cut from the same cloth somewhere. I think we are. Have you ever heard about being, so I'm going to throw this out there. Um, a social impact business? I have. Okay. Um, I guess I assumed that was the same as a B Corp? Not necessarily. So I'm going to give you a resource. Okay. Let me see if I can literally find the sticker in my planner. And if it's not in this planner, it's in the other planner. Because, well, you know. Put down my pad of paper. Yep. Hold on. I'm looking for it. Here in Colorado Springs. By the way, where are you located? So I'm technically, I am in Kansas City. Oh, nice. Just nice. like eight hours. Kansas um, or Missouri? Hey, that's impressive. I'm, I'm in a suburb of Kansas City on the Kansas side. On Kansas side. Okay, perfect. Um, no, I have family that lives in uh, St. Louis. I have family that lives in Hannibal, Missouri. I have family that lives in Quincy, Illinois, and Keokuk, Iowa, which is way up on the, they're all three, like the tri county area type thing. I feel like I say, when I say tri-county, I'm like, hey, we're in Toy Story. Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my brain scatters. Um, and so no, I've, I, since I was a kid, we've driven through Kansas City and I was just like, oh yeah, we're at Kansas City, which means we're almost to Missouri because we're almost out of Kansas because when yep. you're coming from Colorado, I-70 through Kansas, shoot me now. I'm so glad that my family always did that at night while I was sleeping. Oh yeah. And then as a military wife, I ended up having to drive that several times as we moved across the country. And I just looked at my husband and I said, shoot me now if we ever do this again. Yeah. So there's, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. And then when y'all, when Kansas says, Hey, we have a, a hill, it's sunflower mountain. I'm like, you guys are 800 feet. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's not a mountain. That's an anthill in Colorado. I don't know yeah. how to tell you. So anyway, this is a great place to start. I don't know how it would impact in Kansas, but it's a great place to start. It's called the Colorado Institute for Social Impact. And it is CI, the numeral four, SI.org. Okay. 
because they have some great resources and information about how to be a for-profit business, but still be social impact. Um, and Jonathan, who the guy that runs it and kind of developed it, he's part of our Better Business Bureau, but he then kind of did this on the side because Ooh. there is a way that you can be a social impact business without being a nonprofit. And that's okay. And there's a lot of places that are now looking at doing that, especially as millennials and zennials have come up. I'm Gen X, so you know we're just we don't care. Um, but like, well, so I totally get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we were the latchkey kids. No one cared about us. And when when the news covers things, they talk about boomers and they talk about millennials. Gen X, we're just eating popcorn, watching this go back and forth. Looking <laughs> <laughs> Yep, we're just like, oh, it's a tennis match. Hmm, this is cool. So what do you have to say about that, millennial? Hmm. Yeah. Ooh, boomer, what do you have to burn? You know? <laughs> so anyway, so reach out, um, look at their website, but they have some great stuff. Um, and reach out to them and, you know, if you need questions yeah. and what have you. Um, so that's kind of where we're coming. And I love this whole piece of marrying passion and finance, sharing the, this, your story of, share, of sharing solace and that you chose to make it a, a for-profit business, um, the need to be self-sustaining and that dichotomy, right? Of, you know, um, and then making it more of a social impact and what that looks like. And then I really love the, com the conversation around passion the you know you feel this calling but then there's kind of this still internal struggle with it mm -hmm. um i totally love that more than anything else i think that's it i think that's it <laughs> okay let me do this let me run over i'm looking at my bookcase because i know i put it over here on my shelf up oh, there it is let me do two things i want to first of all run to the restroom and then two grab your book and then why don't we just record this and be done Okay. I mean, if, if you want to, I'm cool with that. If you want I'm to do good. another day, that's cool too. No, we have time and why not? Why? Okay. We've already caught this and we're still kind of in this raw piece of this. And so all I have to do is just hit record, but I really need to use the restroom. Do it. So um, you're going to see my fun little quirky come and knock on our door, 1970s um, apartment in weird, wacky Manitou. And let me grab the book real quick. I love it. Thank <laughs> you.
Okay. Okay. I was just looking for all my packages. Do what? I have. I was just checking to see where my packages were. Nice. I have fun things coming to play. Well, we'll see. Nice. Alrighty. So, um, let me take a couple more notes just so I have it for my Confessions of a Griever. I'm going to close down some things on my computer. Yep. I only have 100,000 open. No, you're good. And then, um, let me take a look at, I want to look at two things of some notes I already have down as far as Oh, I love this one. I think our, my financial minutes are going to be a combination of these two things. Amazing things happen when women gather to create something positive in their lives as well as the lives of others. I think that falls right in line with what you do, what I'm doing here. And then um, women are collaborative creatures we want to share. So throughout the podcast, we will take, we'll talk with amazing women, their inspiration and their inspiration upon learning the concepts, taking action and applying the principles and context to their lives. I will play with that a little bit, but I definitely like that first one. Definitely in love with that first one. So that was powerful. Okay. So let me get my, this is, so I can just flip to that. We're there. We're there. And then let me bookmark this so I just flip through and I don't look like an idiot on camera <laughs> try not to but you know this is what it is right I'm the same way I'm like yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot in real life why would it, why would the video be any different <laughs> <laughs> exactly this is what I'm saying all right ma'am go lay down you may not bark at the door and I will be highly upset if you do all right I'm gonna hit oh it's already recording okay that's awesome so it's okay. just gonna go up as it is Okay, perfect. I forgot that I turned that on. So we're still doing this and everybody's going to see my apartment. This is awesome. What it is. Here we go. Alrighty. So good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the podcast. I am Danielle McCarthy, your host. Today with me, I have Crystal Webster, who has fast become an amazing friend of mine, and I can just see that we're going to keep going. And let me introduce you to the point of the podcast. The podcast was created for women who desire to take control of their financial future, expand their financial knowledge base, become confident and feel competent regarding money and all things financial. It is also designed to educate women about their relationship with money in a relaxed environment, build a community of women who support one another as they strive for financial success. So welcome, Crystal. How are you today? I'm, I'm great. The sun is shining and I'm on, I'm this, I'm on this side of the earth. So I'm there doing pretty good. Go. Awesome. So Crystal and I met through an entrepreneur um, group called One Million Cups, where she was a speaker in um, my town, Colorado Springs, Colorado. And Crystal, why don't you tell us about uh, Sharing Solace, how that came about, and why it's so important to you? Oh my gosh, that's a loaded question, if I right. do say so. <laughs> how much time do you have? We have about 45 minutes, love, oh. run. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll trim it back a little bit. No. <laughs> Um, 
Sharing Solace is a community of grievers for grievers. Mm -hmm. We help grievers grieve and lovers love their griever through tangible gifts and a meaningful community to back up those gifts for when their traditional support system just starts to dissipate because right. it does, unfortunately. Right. And it started, well, it, honestly, I've known for about a decade that I needed to do something like this. Um, in 2010, my daughter, Madeline Elizabeth, died in my arms just after she was born from a genetic condition that I gave her. And obviously that was, there was, there was a lot to unpack there. Mm -hmm. That's not, that, there's a lot there. And so I spent the next five years in a haze, kind of, I realized I was basically living my life waiting to die mm -hmm. for five years. And then almost exactly on her fifth birthday, um, this idea of sharing solace hit me like a bolt of lightning. And it's been nonstop since then, just trying to, what hit me initially was kind of what the feelings and the concept and the idea, but not what it was going to look like or how it was going to get out there in the world. Right. Um, so I've spent the last five plus years developing it, trying to figure out, you know, okay, what, what does it actually need to look like? Right. Um, and we were able to launch on her eighth birthday. So May 19th, 2018, Sharing Solace was launched out into the world. Nice. And what has been the response? What has been the response of Sharing Solace? Um, for the most part, amazing. People are very glad to have something like this. Um, Sharing solace in a lot of ways is like insurance. Like okay. you never, you never want to think about insurance. You never want to have to write the check for insurance. And also when it's there, when you need it, when you get rear-ended or, you know, you have a, a life event, you are so glad that it's there. Yes. And, and so a lot of people just, people that have been through traumatic grief understand how you never really get over it, how it right. just becomes part of who you are mm -hmm. and how you need to have, because that's part of you, you need to be able to share that with others in some sort of meaningful way. Right. There are a lot of haters out there that um, honestly, I'm a little bit jealous of sometimes because they've never been through something as right. traumatic right. as Right. a death so close to them or something along those lines. Um, nope. I totally understand that having gone through my own uh, traumatic grief experience with my late husband. Um, it's as a widow, it's definitely a, cl uh, a club I would never want even my worst enemy in, but yet at the same time, there's such an unspoken, um, acceptance and understanding that you don't even have to have words. It's just looking in another widow's eye or somebody else who's gone through a traumatic loss um, and death that they just get it. They understand that, that pain that's always there. And it's, and I've heard some people say, well, some, you know, it goes to an ache. I three years out have yet to have it hit a, an ache. It is still just as raw as the day it happened. 
um, it can still shut me down almost instantly. It will, you know, the, a song I've listened to several times and all of a sudden today I hear it and it just takes my breath away, knocks me to my knees and almost will take me out for the rest of the day. I've worked through that process of kind of just allowing that emotion to kind of just wash through and ride that wave. Cause that's, that is that I think that is probably one of the best ways I've heard grief defined is it's just waves. And when you're in that early piece, it's still just crashing and you just crash after crash after crash to the point that you don't even know which way is up. You don't even know if the sun's up, down, otherwise um, grief brain is real. And as you process through, and I don't know that it's a process. I think it's just, you learn the process of living with it. Um, for the first year and a half after my husband died. Yeah, I was, I definitely was like you, um, was living, but not alive because it didn't feel right. This didn't feel like it was okay. Um, nothing was okay. So no, I totally understand that. Have the conversation. Like I, I would be out in public because I was forced mm -hmm. to be out, you know, like I had right. run you, out of food in my house right. or whatever. Right. And I go to the grocery store and people would be laughing and having a good time. And I was like, how, how are you functioning as a human? Don't you know that the world stopped a week ago when my yes. daughter died? Yes. Yes. Or, um, I remember the first time I went out kind of by myself after my husband's death and I went two places and both places, um, I was, a, I was a wreck. The first one was straight to the bank to make a transfer and then to pull a cashier's check to pay a bill that needed to get paid. And we paid it with a cashier's check and walked into the bank. Luckily the teller, you know, this had been such a, a, a routine that they knew exactly what I needed. But when I walked in and I went to say what I needed to say, all of a sudden, all I could do was just cry. Like this was mm, the first step of doing this without him and this presence and you know, the, the reality of that. And remember just all of a sudden I'm in tears, I'm shaking, I can't be consoled. And the teller did an amazing thing. And I didn't realize at the time, but she herself was a widow, came out, literally put her arm around me, took me to a closed office and said, okay, let's just sit here. And she did. She gave me 10 minutes of space just to kind of like, let the, let the wave crash, get to a point where I could kind of bob along with <laughs> the wave. And then she's like, are we doing what we normally do each month? And I said, yes. And she goes, okay, so tell me first what you need to do. And it, she knew exactly the five steps, you know, whatever, but grounding me back into that moment of here's this step, here's this step, here's this step, get through the bank. I'm great. I'm fine. Then I get to the grocery store. And again, people are laughing. How dare they be laughing? Don't they know that this is unfair? Life is unfair. You shouldn't be laughing and angry at them for being able to laugh is one of my biggest things I remember. And then the second piece was, then I turned the corner and there was chicken noodle soup. And I was just like, oh, well, do we need chicken noodle soup? And then it hit me, boom. We don't need chicken noodle soup anymore because no one in the house eats it. It's what he would have eaten. And so there was no need to. And then, so yeah, so then I'm now in tears again, little unconsolable. And about this time, a friend of mine happened, you know, small little town, friend of mine happened to come around the corner, saw me and she was like, first of all, oh my gosh, you're out. And then she saw the look on my face and how I was just kind of 
you know, in tears and kind of just, I didn't even know what to do. Like, I didn't know, do I run? Do I bolt? And, but where's the front of the store? And, but I still need to do this. And just so emotionally bewildered and lost. And so again, she just kind of said, well, why don't we just go pay for these groceries? And literally held my hand through that entire process until I got out to my car. And then she followed me home to make sure that the two block drive home that I would get home safe. So yeah, I think that's, um, yeah, grief is, it's definitely one of those pieces. So now tell me more about how you came into sharing solace. I, you you kind of did that, but then the passion that drives you to keep going. Um, so honestly, I sharing solace, uh, technically I founded it. However, Madeline is the founder. My daughter is the founder and she is the puppeteer and I'm just the puppet doing her bidding is kind of how I see it. <laughs> right. Um, and so, I, I mean, this is, this is my way of honoring her. Mm -hmm. um, I, in, in the infertility and infant loss community, there's a term called rainbow baby. Mm -hmm. where you've been through the storm of losing a child mm -hmm. and then your ne next happy, healthy, hopeful pregnancy, um, that is your rainbow baby. And um, I didn't have the opportunity to have a human rainbow baby, but sharing solace is my rainbow baby. I am I, I, I birthed this and I am helping it grow so that at some point, you know, it, it can go out into the world and be its own being. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I see it. Um, and that is, in my mind, the, the epitome of being a mother. Mm -hmm. I'm just being a mother in a different avenue than most mm -hmm. And society sees motherhood. I can see, yep, I can see that. I can see that. I can definitely see that. And I, I mean, and this allows me to say my Madeline's name every day. Right? Isn't that amazing? With a smile on my face. Yes. And yes, there is a heaviness in my heart because I say my name and she's not there. What do you want, mom? Or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, but I think that's probably the most powerful thing for anyone that has lost a significant love in their life is being first getting to the point and also being able to say their name in a meaningful way. Yes. Or just say their name. Mm -hmm. um, one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given is when you meet someone that is grieving, the best thing you can do is give them a hug and say their loved one's name. Yes. Um, there's actually a quote, and, and I couldn't tell you who, I, I've seen it multiple times, um, but basically it's you die twice. You die mm -hmm. when they bury you, and, and the second time, the last time you die is when your name is uttered for the last time. Oh, I love that. And I think I, that's true. Yeah. I, can't, I couldn't control the first one. 
-hmm. You know, you can't control right. when someone dies. Right. However, I have full control over when Madeline's name is uttered for the last time. Yes, you do. I never really thought of it that way, but the, now hearing you say that, yeah, I can see that for David's name, for David, for my late husband. I can see that. The minute I stop talking about it or our four sons say his name, like then that's when he'll truly have the second time that he'll truly have died. So no, I totally understand that. So talk to me about what you've learned about starting sharing solace, the struggles, the challenges, the rewards, and all of that piece of this. <laughs> um, every day is a struggle. Every day <laughs> is a is a new is a new issue that I need to take care of, um, mm -hmm. which has been interesting. Probably one of the biggest emotional battles I've I've had to face myself is. The whole idea of, you know, I, I am doing this because I love what I'm doing and I love being able to be that resource and be that, be that hug, whether it be virtual or, or in person mm -hmm. for people that need it when they need it. Right. Um, and also sharing solace is a business. Now, whether, you know, whether that's a a for-profit business or a non-for-profit business or what is it's still like it still needs to self-sustain itself and that's where I've had a lot of inner turmoil basically because I just want to go and give 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 and do 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 right um, but you and, still have to eat at the end of the day yes and I still have to have a roof over my head and, right and just kind of coming to terms with you can both be uber passionate about what you're doing and be comfortable that it provides you a way to live your life also. Because my background is in numbers, mm -hmm. you know, and I've always been a, a, a black or white kind of girl. Um, and getting to the point that this both and concept. Yes. You know, it, it was either or for so long. And that's what I thought it was. It was like, either you get this or, you know, it's black or it's white. Mm -hmm. It's right or it's wrong. Things can be both and. You know, I can be both happy and sad at the same time. Yes. Um, I can be both a functioning business and a passionate mission-driven organization um, and I think that that has been probably the biggest hurdle in my mind mm -hmm. to move through mm -hmm. um, there have been lots of other you know let I me mean, like okay well how do I come up with this idea and where do I get someone to make it and blah right. blah 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 like that's just things you those are just things you check off a list this has right. been an ongoing kind of and, and i think a lot of women face that mm -hmm. um, they might not recognize it as that mm -hmm. um, because we are so you know we do want to help that's our nature yep we're teachers and we're helpers we're caregivers we're nurturers we like 
typically we like security because again, that lends to our caregiving nurturing nature. So when it comes to finances, we kind of like to have a little bit more security, not so much risk. Um, but again, becoming an entrepreneur is nothing but risk. So that kind of speaks directly from it. But what I found talking with um, a lot of women entrepreneurs, the reason they come into their business or the reason they're in the industries that they are is because they're taking something from their experience and wanting to share it. Um, when I'm working with my clients in the financial realm, women have kind of already made their decision, but they'll go shop it around to mom, to um, their sister, their auntie, their grandmother, their you know, younger sister, whomever, their, their girlfriends to say, hey, I found this. What do you think about it? Or, hey, I found this amazing thing. You should go check it out. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, like with you, with you, I have passed out tons of your business cards. Um, every time I hear somebody's story that I'm like, you need to go check this out. You need to go check this out um, type thing, just because I want people to know that there's other, again, it's that sharing, nurturing piece of me that wants to share what I've found that has helped me to help other women type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's exactly it. So tell us about sharing, uh, sharing solace. What, what is it and what does it do? So, um, the overarching concept is, you know, we're basically a community. We want you to feel our, our, our tagline, if you will, is remember you're not alone. As in, one, remember that, that thing that you lost. And I'm a firm believer that grief is grief. Mm-hmm. Whether you lost a child or a spouse or a pet or a job, it is all relative to where you are in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And you don't get to compare my grief to your grief. No. It is its own personal hell. Oops, sorry. <laughs> no, you, no, you're, you're <laughs> good. It is, it, is a, it is a personal hell. And <laughs> you don't know what it's like. Um, to kind of back up on that, a girlfriend of mine lost her husband. He was killed in action. And through a mutual friend and what have you, they said, Danielle, you're in town. Can you get to her? Her family's kind of lost what to do. And I remember walking in and her sister was like, oh my gosh, you're here. You can help her through this. And I just said, I can stand behind, I can stand beside her. I can't help her through this. Um, you can't help her through this. She'll have to find her own way. And then, um, and that kind of, her sister kind of looked at me like, ugh. And I'm like, but I'm here. Like, this is all we, this is all we can do is show up um, and hold that space. And then when I was able to get to the, through the rest of the house to her, um, you know, recognizing that terror that was in her eyes. Cause it's true terror. It is the quintessential, not the life passing in front of your eyes, almost hit somebody terror. This is a terror. Like I've never, I can't find words to truly describe what that feels like and recognizing it there. And then she just looked at me with all these, um, you know, the 6,000 questions that are in her head at that moment. And then I just looked at her and I said, we're all just breathing we're just breathing today. We don't have to figure anything out. We're just breathing in this moment. And this moment is all we're going to worry about. And um, yeah, it's your own personal health. And just being able to walk alongside somebody or offer them that safe space that of, because you can't solve anything for them. You know, right. For even if you could solve it, it doesn't, the likelihood of them actually taking your solution. Right. They have to get there at their own time. Yeah. Right. So walk me through the business a little bit, because I remember from your presentation at 1 million cups, 
it's um, it's jewelry or a keychain for men. So tell me about that piece. Let me see if I can find one. I should have one right here, but of course, because I need it, I guess right. I'll just take off my necklace. <laughs> there you go. Nothing like improv. Like we just kind of jumped on together. We were going to talk about it, and here we are recording the the yeah. whole thing, right? As we as here we we're go. Doing this. So yep. yeah. So this is in a in a very um, you know dumbed down version. This is this is it. This is um, our locket and token. And the idea is that um, I was obviously wearing it as a necklace, but the keychain works the mm -hmm. same way. You keep it near your heart as long as it brings you comfort. And that could be a day, a month, a year, a hundred years. Right. When it no longer brings you that comfort that it once did, because that's the nature of how grief works, you know that it's time to release the inner token. And symbolically, that heavy on your heart, debilitating grief. Mm -hmm. And so you open it up, it opens up just, again, like a locket. You take out the middle token. You put this middle token into a new locket, and then you pay that new locket forward on to somebody else you know that needs love and support as they're going along their own grief journey. Mm -hmm. And then you keep this part as a reminder, you're still a whole person. You're just always going to have a little hole. Yep. I'm never going to get over the loss of my Madeline. David will always be a part of your life. Mm -hmm. And then what I think is really cool is the back side of the middle tokens um, actually has a unique identifier on it that allows you to register it on our website and actually follow it as it moves from person to person. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. You did not share that in the million cups when you did it here. That's amazing. So you can actually kind of see where it's going and the people that it's touched and the people that you're touching. Because I think that's kind of the fun things some days. Um, I love touching people's lives, but I don't always get, kind of get to see the outcome. I just say this, you're here for a purpose. You're teaching me, I'm teaching you, and then it moves on. And so to have a response of being able to kind of follow that, if people were to continue doing that, that's awesome. How, how successful have you been with that? Um, people love the concept, love the fact that, you know, they have this thing that they're intended to pass forward when they're ready. Mm -hmm. I have, I've only probably seen two, less than a handful of okay. tokens actually move. Okay. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. One, because our company's only a couple years old. Fair enough. Um, but they say that for the first five to seven years after losing someone or something super significant, you're still in your grief infancy. And so mm -hmm. I really see, I mean, it, it took me a full five years, mm -hmm. probably closer to six years to the point where I was like, okay, I need to find a way to move forward, not move on, never move on. Right. I, at least that's my take on it. Yep. Nope. I would agree. I need to learn to find my new happy. Mm -hmm. I need to learn to move forward with my life and live a meaningful life that is different than the life that I had hoped for. Right. And also I need to find meaning in my life. Otherwise, what am I doing here? Right. Right. Um, and so I really don't see a lot of people paying forward their token for at least the first Mm -hmm. five to seven years of having it. I could see that. I could definitely see that. So 
um, I have a token, but it's not one of yours. And it's actually in the form of a tattoo that I got um, a year after David died. Um, David and I had this little uh, thing with um, infinity signs, the mm -hmm. infinity symbol. And so it took me the longest time because I've always wanted a tattoo. And he was just like, well, make sure that it's a tattoo that you're going to love because you're going to be married to it. And I used to jokingly say, yes, because I can actually get faster, fa I can get rid of you faster, easier, quicker than I could a tattoo, uh -huh. which, you know, the first year after his death, that was like, oh, that was a horrible thing to say. And now I'm just kind of like, no, we laugh about it. This is, the, that was our, that was how we joked and that was how we loved. So it's a double infinity um, that not that wraps together. So the first infinity is our life together for 25 years, almost 28 as we knew each other and grew as friends and then married um, for 25 years with four sons. And then the second infinity symbol is my life intertwined with that one, but now, you know, moving forward because it's not moving on. And some days it doesn't feel like I've moved forward. Some days it feels like I moved sideways and zigged and zagged and upside and downside and everything else. And then the way the, uh, it, the tattoo artist made it work is there's also four circles within it. Um, and that represents my four sons. And that was just a happy, um, coincidence that happened. So I totally get it. So I can't take this token off, but I totally, un I love that idea of being able to say, okay, I have moved, I found my new happiness and I understand where somebody else reaching back and trying to help and helping somebody with where they're at and just loving them in that space for that time until they can take that next step forward for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I totally love that. So also while you were um, presenting at 1 million cups, you gifted me with this book, the confessions of a griever. You mm -hmm. did warn me about um, mm -hmm. you're like, I hope you don't mind, but there is an F bomb. And I love that you open up the letter to the author, the essentially would be considered the, and it's probably glary, but what would consider to be the introduction. And you're just like, ah, and we'll just let it fall from there. Yes. So tell me what you learned writing the book. What made you read the, write the book, that type of thing. Yes. I, I prefer to call them artfully crafted four letter words. This is what I'm saying. Well, they're just words. Seriously, yeah. this is where it's at. They're, they're, and to protect the, the listenership, you know, I'm not going to completely say the word, but, right. you know. Well, and there's a few others in there, but I will, uh, I will tell you that none of the work, first of all, I write it like a third grade writing level. Right, right. You know, like, <laughs> spot run. Go, spot, go. Um, but also none of the curse words are spelled correctly. Nice. They're nice. either like, you know, 47 U's or right. the, the A is the at sign or right. um, you very clearly know what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. So what, tell me about the book some more. What's the, what was the purpose? What's your hope with it? What made you write it? What lessons did you learn as you wrote it? What, what was the, like, tell me about the book. Um, I am not a writer, <laughs> is probably what I learned more than anything, but I love the process. Right. Um, it is, it is a lot of work. You know, you're, you're, you either are, 
you know, you're enshrining the process of writing a book and you're like, oh, I just, you know, write for a few days and send it off. And people are like, oh, I love it. And blah, 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 blah. That's not how it works. Right. Or the other, you know, the other extreme. Um, it actually, the, it, it almost fell into my lap. I was approached by um, a professor at Georgetown that has a program writing books. And somehow through the grapevine, he found out about me. Nice. Um, we talked, uh, you know, and he's like, okay, why would you want to do this? And, and, um, and then after that conversation, he kind of laid out, okay, well, we would start here, you know, we would start this summer, which was last summer, summer 2019. And you'd, you'd work on this for four months and you'd work on that for another four months and you do this and we do that. And then if you kind of follow the steps that I lay out for you, you'll have a book next May. And I got chills and I could barely breathe. And I was like, so you're telling me I would have a book right. on May 19th, 2020. And he's like, yeah. Oh crap. Now I have to write a book. <laughs> Um, so for my daughter, for Madeline's 10th birthday, she got a book in the Library of Congress. Nice. Because nice. everything about her and about sharing solace happens in May. Always have, always, always kind of will. Nice. So I'm just going to read a quick little thing. Um, just effing breathe, page 69. That's it. Just, period, effing, period, breathe, period. When you find yourself getting worked up, anxious, depressed, or worried, focus on your breathing, and then you give us a breathing exercise. Um, I love that, right? Because that works in anything, not just in, in, in grief, but that works on anything, whether, you know, dealing with a spouse, dealing with a child, dealing with a driver in front of you, dealing with <laughs> anything. And then I love this on page 189, because I kind of just went through when I first- well, got I gotta to go to 189 too now. <laughs> or to page 89, sorry. Oh. Um, take me to church, question mark. Like my letter to the author states, grief support books historically have either been fact and figure based or Jesus is the supreme being of the entire universe based. I think I've pretty well proven this book is not even a little either of either. And I love that because again, we don't as a society have positive death conversations. Um, I think you and I talked about a little bit too of the euphemisms that people use pushing, you know, their past and my husband didn't pass. I didn't pass him on this road. He didn't pass a test. Um, he's not in the, well, he kind of is technically in the past. I mean, <laughs> right. But at the same time, he's still present for me. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about that, or um, when I say David died and I see people around me like cringe, like, oh my gosh, how can she say that? Because by not acknowledging death, you're denying what has happened to me. You're denying my ability to emotionally come to terms with what has happened as much as I can in that moment. And um, I see people's discomfort and I'm going to come across really callous at this point. Don't care about your comfort at that moment. This is about me. This isn't about you. And I think again, like you said at the beginning, unless people have honestly experienced that intimate loss, that intimate death, um, you truly don't understand. And I came to, I came to appreciate the word death ahead of time anyway, because of my mom, I lost my mom in 2008. 
but um, which was an intimate loss too, but not, I don't know, maybe it was because of my mother-in-law and it was just an amazing woman who I considered my mom. But um, still, I watched that happen to my kids and watched that and they used, it was very interesting to me. They were still relatively middle school, high school, and one was elementary. They used the word death and it didn't stop them. They didn't, I guess, know any different, like society hadn't kind of pushed that in on them. And I just remember thinking, yeah, you're right. Grandma did die. This is what happened. And she died in our home and they were witness to that. Um, they were there when she took her last breath. They were there when the funeral home came to remove her body. Um, and a current situation that we're going through right now, um, we have to have these conversations because of a specific, uh, specific event that's going on in our lives right now. Um, we still have to have this conversation um, and it's about my husband too. Um, we still have to have this real conversation around death and dying and the funeral industry and, and, and um, three years later. And that situation still hasn't resolved itself. We're hoping for a resolution next year in 2021, but again, who knows? And so having that conversation of saying death died and not loss or past or whatever, because I didn't lose him. I know where he's at. Exactly where she is. Yep. Didn't lose him. So yeah, I totally appreciate that. So no, I totally love your book. Is there anything you want to share out of your book? Cool. Um, I'm putting you on the spot today. <laughs> well, there's one, there's one thing that you talked about um, earlier that I kind of, so, you know, you kind of have to walk with the person that's grieving. You can't mm -hmm. fix it for them. You can't do it for them. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Ellen Wolfelt, who is like the be all end all guy in grief, called it companioning. Oh, nice. You, you companion the griever. Um, I like to kind of call it like as, as someone that's been on this grief journey for a decade, it is my job, my duty to be your grief Sherpa. <laughs> I like Because that. you've been, you know, uh, I mean, I've been on this journey a little bit longer than you have. So right. it's my duty to help you, you know, give you directions if you choose to take them, right. carry the weight as much as I can, um, walk alongside you, you know, um, so I, I think that that is, it, it's almost our dirt duty as someone that has lost something so powerful in us that we cannot get back Right. to pay that forward and help mm -hmm. the next person in the next, you know, in their loss, however that, whatever that looks like. Right. Whether that's a hug and saying their name or bringing them a frozen lasagna or whatever that is. Yep, giving them an amazing book because you brought them to tears at a presentation. So <laughs> Confessions of a Griever by Crystal Webster, giving me an amazing hug that day. Um, yeah, coming on a podcast just out of the blue, like all those things, right? Because this yeah. is what we do. So I'm gonna take a moment here and kind of do like our um, financial minutes, um, money mo moment, but I just want people to understand that amazing things happen when women gather to create something positive in their lives as well as the lives of others. And that's my hope with Coffee's Chicks and Cash, the podcast. 
is that as women, we come together and we're sharing our stories that you take something away from it. I know each time I do a podcast, I take something away. I'm hoping my guests take something positive away um, because women are collaborative creatures. We want to share. And so continuing throughout the podcast, um, we will talk to more amazing women doing amazing things, sharing a giggle, sharing tears, sharing a hug, sharing a lasagna, whatever that looks like, um, and hopefully find inspiration among them. So Crystal, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. This was super fun. I think you're going to probably be a reoccurring guest, just one, because I want to I want to see your beautiful face and your giggle is infectious and we seem to have just hit it off um, in probably, I think we've known each other now a total of what, two hours maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you're one of my best friends, but I also think okay, that speaks, I think that speaks to the power of grief though, because it does, like I said earlier, when we were kind of just shooting um, the shite that, um, and let, until you've been, it's a club that you've never wanted to be a part of, but once you're in it, the amazing people that come forward and grace your life is just absolutely impactful. So thank you so much for being you, sharing Madeline with me and with the rest of us. And I can't wait to see where this goes for you. And wow, thank you for letting me say her name and his name. So to both of them, Madeline, David, we miss you. We love you. Thank you for impacting our lives in such amazing ways. Crystal, how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? Um, probably the website is the easiest, sharingsolace.com. Perfect. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I, I think I have a Twitter handle. I probably <laughs> also have a Snapchat. Um, I couldn't tell you what those are. Um, but if you just Google, you know, sharing solace and look for the pink butterfly or flower, depending on how you see it. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me. Perfect. And as always, um, I'm Danielle McCarthy. The best way to find me is through the podcast and reach out to me at the McCarthy agency. I'm on Facebook, on YouTube, and here on the podcast itself. Today's um, podcast was brought to you by the McCarthy agency, a part of the five rings financial family. And Crystal, thank you again so much for today. This was fun, spontaneous. And I think I'm going to use just the whole thing and just throw it up there for the full hour and seven. And people get to see the apartment. They get to see us. We're just raw open because this is what I wanted. This is what the podcast is supposed to be. So thank you so much. Don't go, but I'm definitely going to hit the stop button right now.